Three, two, one. I'm still chewing. Too bad. I hate the sound of chewing, though. Even myself, I can't do that. Jason's chewing, chewy Jason. I'm dying to away from the microphone. You started the thing too early, Alex. You have to be ready in and out of season, Jason. Jesus juke. These candy canes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Jesus juke, though? Maybe it's a Paul juke. That's a Peter juke. Didn't Peter say that? I thought it was Paul. Or was it John? It was definitely not John. Yeah, John's too busy talking about love over there in the corner. Yeah. Some, I'm, I'm some, the uh, disciple that Jesus loved. If you didn't know already, people, we're not pastors. <laughs> definitely. Uh, that's what the name of the podcast. So, Alex, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. I got my kitchen painted and um, I hung out with my daughter and that's there's nothing really too fancy going on. Yeah, well, I went and saw Thrice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> with Tony from Red Rum Theater, dude. I'm sure that was the most rowdy dang Gina First time. of all, Tony knows everybody. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Everybody. Yeah. We, we go to the Fillmore in Detroit. Good size venue. Yeah. I mean, it's not a stadium, but it it's a good size venue. What, 500 people? The Fillmore? No, like 5,000 people. I don't know these things. I don't Jeez. know how many seats. It's a big state. Not a big stadium. It's a big concert hall. Okay. It used to be called the State Theater. Okay. Which the last time I was there, I think I saw, it was either Foo Fighters or MXPX. Wow. Either way, it was a killer show. But no, we went and saw Thrice and just like, like every five minutes, somebody was just coming up and it's like Tony's best friend, man. It's like, how do you know so many people? <laughs> so... We go and we see Thrice, and Tony and I are both like, we're old, man. We're not going up front. We're just going to stay here behind the bar. We're going to grab a little mini table and just enjoy the show. Everybody who's anybody who's ever played music knows it sounds best back behind the sound guys. Yep. So, I mean, we just chilling the whole time, and we knew Circus Survive was closing the night, mm-hmm. and I'm not, not like the biggest Circus Survive fan, Yeah. and... You know, we're old, so we already plan on leaving early. So Tony goes, all right, man, I got to be up early tomorrow for work. And I was like, yeah, me too. Let's let's leave. And as we're getting ready to leave, this guy comes up to us and he gives us tickets for the box seats. <laughs> and so I was like, well, we kind of need to see what a box seat's like. <laughs> so we enjoyed. Seems like the Lord has given us these box yeah, seats. <laughs> yes, we have been blessed with box seats. Dude, the view was amazing. I bet it was. And it was just like I watched like a post-hardcore show with my feet up, <laughs> reclined in a chair. Everything that like, post-hardcore stands against. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was so weird. I look around at all the other box seats, and there's just people just like sitting in their seats. Half of them are playing on their phone. There was one guy who was rocking out, like he was enjoying himself. But well, no, you, it was it was it was a ton of fun. You got to hang out with a good friend and do something really fun, and that that seems to be like a common theme with us on this podcast because we had somebody on the podcast today that is a good friend. Yeah, and that person is Jason. Sarah Fader. Boom. Coming back at you. And not only is like Sarah Fader a good friend and an awesome person, but she's like super f- professional. Yeah. 
Like, like, just, like, just to recap, she's CEO and founder of Stigma Fighters, a nonprofit organization that encourages individuals with mental illness to share their personal stories, something that I have done, and it's on their website. I did that almost a year ago. That's insane, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Was that March? It wasn't a year ago, but it, it wasn't a year like ago, but it's coming up on ago. it. Yeah. Awesome. She's also been featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Atlantic, Courts, Psychology Today, the Huffington Post, Tough Life, and Good Day New York. Like, like Sarah knows her stuff. You know, you know what publications I've written for? Notyourpastorspodcast.com. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> you can visit there today and read Alex's articles now. <laughs> yeah, I ain't, I ain't getting on HuffPo. Not good enough. Uh, but yeah, so we have Sarah on. We, we talk a little bit about seasonal depression. Yep. She has a book that she's coming out with, which we'll talk a little bit more in, in this interview. But um, just a really fun time with, with her. And I hope you guys really enjoy her coming on the show because this is not her last time. No, she'll be back again. She'll be back for sure. So I hope you guys sit back, put your earbuds in, and listen to two guys who couldn't make it as pastors, try and find the line, cross that line, yeah. and start a podcast. This is not your pastor's seasonal depression episode. guys we're here with sarah fader what's up sarah hello how are you guys so for those of you who are new to the show all that stuff sarah this is sarah's third time on not your pastor's podcast and so she is no longer a return guest she is she is now friend of the show so you are the first person to, to get in that club sarah so thank you so much I'm excited. I, I, I sometimes like I'm really sad that I don't live in Michigan because I want to just like be like in the basement. Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty sweet. You know, I mean, it, oh, my God. Did I ever tell you my friend like I, I used to live in a basement um, in my parents house? Like that sounds so bad. But no, they own a building and I used to live in, in the basement and I would like manage the building. And from the time I met through blogging was like, this is your year to get out of the basement. <laughs> and, um, like, and then, and then like, and then all of a sudden, like I did, like I got out of the basement. Like I'm, I now live in, you know, so I did, that, that was my year to get out of the basement. Yeah. That's awesome. I think uh, maybe we should like turn the video off if that's all right with you. Cause our internet is like wigging out. Okay. So the. Uh, how do uh, I do it? I don't know. I think we just turned it off. Yeah. Oh, did I do that? I think we both did. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I ju- no. I just see a fortune cookie now. Yeah. I don't know. Alex put that as my s- screenshot. This I is guess. what happens when you leave your passwords with me. Yeah. But. So yeah, so so you finally got out of the basement. So you got out of the basement, and Jess and I just moved our bedroom down into the basement. <laughs> right, that's you know, but so there's something nice about a basement. Well, you know what we did is because uh, uh, it was cold down there, and winter's approaching here. We put up uh, foam in the windows 
so we wouldn't, didn't lose as much heat, and it is pitch black dark. And we well, know I mean, we no longer know really, if it's day or not. <laughs> that's hard, but I mean, you know how to keep warm in the winters. Sexy time. But, but I mean, Jason pro- just spit his tea all over my guitar equipment. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. The problem, though, is, the problem is that the problem though is that kids always interrupt that. Yeah, we got, we got, cause we, I mean, we just moved down there, so we got some stuff to work out. I haven't installed a door yet, so that's, that's been tricky. Um, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> this has been Jason's sex life. I mean, you know, I, I guess that the door, the door situation, you have, you can wait till they're asleep and then the door doesn't matter. Unless yeah. people come in, unless they come in and they're like, you know, I need blah, blah, blah. And you're like, damn it. Yeah. No, it's you need to go stay upstairs. Yeah, you 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 need to just go away. <laughs> yeah, go away, children. No, but they see that's the thing that never works. You're like go, and they're, they're like no. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, uh, we I think we've been fortunate so far. So far, I'm just I'm waiting for it to happen though. It will happen at some point. I'm I know. Sh- I'm I just. Sure. I don't know. Like sometimes, like I just want to sell them on eBay, and it just doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally uh, get the feeling. Yeah, oh. I mean, it would be it would be tough though because, like, I don't feel like people could afford them. <laughs> well, I mean, would you auction them off high, or does it depend on the day? Because there's some no, days. Think- there's some days where we're like leaving the parking lot of a grocery store or something where they've been off. It's like, they're free today. They're free. Just get it right. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to drop yeah, them off in the cantaloupe section. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, it's true. It probably fluctuates like the stock market. I think the <laughs> thing, the thing is though, that the, the issue I have is, well, you have like 700 children, Jason. I have, but, I have three, uh, three boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's 700. Yeah. So m- mine, mine, you know, I would think that you have more because you have a beard and you're Christian. Yeah. So that, so I'm a little disappointed in you. Um, but I have. Um, I don't live on a farm though, so I don't have the need for them right now. They best right. they best serve as tax deductions. Yeah, I I have um, I have two of those people, and that but the problem with them is like they one of them is being like well behaved, and then the other one on that day is being a shithead and it's like they'd say you know it's like why can't you both behave on the same day yeah do you do the little elf on the shelf thing for around the holidays or no no because i'm a jew yeah Uh, i didn't know like menorah on the shelf like you need to you need to come up with something like that for them because that's like our number one tool to get them to behave like this time of year not you know i i think um i think that um, I think that I, you know, I don't know about that, but I think that I, I do want to get a, um, what is called a Christmas tree and just have it in the house and not name it anything. Yeah. Just, uh, because you know what Christmas trees, I, I mean, people like pagans have the, the, they don't call it a Christmas tree, but pagans have trees. It's just in an indoor holiday decoration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. We could get a, a, a tree, an evergreen tree, and just call it Frank. 
<laughs> I, th- I yeah. think everybody should have a tree in the house. I think it would make them feel happier just to have, you know, a tree, specifically well, I mean, a live one. Yeah, you know, it's like Bob Ross, right? Like, yeah. happy little tree. I'm gonna put a little happy little tree it's here. It's like here's nature. Just right there was here. a movie that came out on Comedy Central not too long. It, this was back when I was in high school, and I don't know why they made it was is a joke movie, but it's called The Hebrew Hammer. And mm-hmm. he was he was a Jewish detective, kind of like Shaft, but for right. th- for the Jewish people. And the, he he was going to he's trying to stop the whole plot of the movie is he's trying to stop Santa from converting uh, all the little Jewish boys in. Uh, New York to start celebrating Christmas. And so like there's all these like little Jewish boys that are bringing home pine trees and their parents are asking him, what the heck is this? Why, why are you bringing this into our house? And he's like, uh, it's a Hanukkah bush. A Hanukkah bush. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it was a great movie. Comedy Central. Thank I've you. never even heard of it. it. It was one of those like B movies that they made as a joke around Christmas time just to get people all riled up. But that anyway. sounds fun. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix eventually. The Hebrew Hammer was a fun movie. Eventually. <laughs> so we wanted to have you on the show today to talk about uh, depression. I guess in, in particular, seasonal depression. I thought it might be good timing because you have a new book coming out that uh, you co-wrote. Yes. It, it is called um, The Depression Relief Workbook, and it's published by Callisto Media, and I co-wrote it with the most wonderful um, co-author, who is also a clinical psychologist who specializes in cognitive behavior therapy, and his name is Dr. Simon Rigo. Uh, he's he's um, of Canadian descent. He's such an awesome person. He's Canadians. also based in New York, and I wrote it when I was still in New York. It was a like a brutal... Um, writing process because I had to write 6,000 words a week. Holy but, cow, uh, that's a lot. It was a lot of research and I did I did a lot of work. It was a lot of edits, a lot of track changes, uh, a lot of me staring at Microsoft Word and, you know, um, hyper-focusing, not showering for days. I feel like my kids watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> to get it done. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's the cool thing about ADHD is like my hyper focus was like, that's how I was able to do it. I just like, that's all I did for six weeks. Yeah. You know, like that was my summer. And I think the thing is that I, I was depressed when I wrote it, which was helpful because like I could come to it from, a real place not that it was like a great experience to be depressed but I could put myself in someone else's shoes who was depressed because I was feeling those feelings so I wasn't like talking down to them or like yeah being like overly inspirational you know um that's great though when somebody goes to read it they're gonna read this and be like this person gets it this person gets me you know I think that's I hope so yeah that's that sounds like it's gonna help a lot of people So not to like take advantage of, you know, your depression, but. Well, I mean, that's, you know, the best things that I've created have been during my, during times of like intense distress. Yeah. So I got to ask you real quick because, because last time we had you on the show, you, um, you lived in New York and you moved out to Portland 
is there anything like uh like regionally do you notice anything like depression like uh, like for instance, like me, like so. This is gonna be like a Bobby Boucher. Mama says, <laughs> but my mama says, I like my favorite band of all time was Everclear, and you know they're from they're from Portland, and it was my goal leaving high school. It's like I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go to University of Oregon. I'm gonna get as close to Portland as I can possibly get, as much as I can, and I'm gonna immerse myself in the music scene there. And I was really struggling with anxiety and depression at the time I got accepted to the University of Oregon. And my mom says, you can't go there because the sun never comes out. And it's like, well, you probably got a good point because I was I was not in a good spot to be heading across country anyway. But do you notice anything like that living in Portland? First of all, um, we need to stop. We need to start with the fact that I love Everclear so much. And um, you guys I, are the same person. Yeah, we just became best friends again. If we no, weren't I, already, we, we really are the same person. It's ridiculous. Um, I like. I don't even know. First, well, "Wonderful" is one of my favorite songs. Yes. Um, it's it's so good, and and it makes me cry sometimes. But also, you know, like I was like blasting "Father of Mine" in the car. Yeah. Um, I just I just got a car that I can't afford, so that's awesome. Um, but uh, I was I posted on Facebook. I was like, driving this car makes me feel like I have a penis because it's like it's a giant. It's called a Nissan Rogue, and it, it's like j- this giant car, and it's like a fucking beast on the highway. Um, and uh, and anyway, so the point the point is, I actually also related to your story because I. Why are we the same person? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I I got into Reed College. I, I was waitlisted and I got into Reed College. And I was surprised because it's a very hard school to get into. But I was too afraid to go across the country to yeah. college. It wasn't the same, you know, it wasn't the same reason, I guess, as you were, because like I was like, you know, I don't think I can. I don't think that my anxiety would allow for me to be that far for my parents. So that's why I didn't go. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is I'm so close to Reed now. But anyway, about about the sun never coming out. Uh, the people that live in this area are pussies when it comes to winter. They don't know what a real winter is. Okay? Like, they have not been to New York. They have not been to Michigan. They don't. They need to shut the fuck up about what winter is. You know? Like how cold does okay. it get there? It it's um I mean, you know, it could go down to like the thirties or whatever, but yeah, that's not the cold. thing about it is that yes, it gets gray, yes, it gets rainy, but I I mean it doesn't bother me because I'm on antidepressants. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> you know good point. Like uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I feel like you know, like it's like when you have your period and you have a tampon and a fucking maxi pad on. I'm good. You know, like <laughs> like I, I I am protected, you know. Like I am, I am I am covered in all areas. I'm just you know, look, like, looking at Alex's face. <laughs> like I said, the, the, now your pastor's podcast is all about finding lines and crossing them. Right. That's our new tagline. Yes, exactly. So so Everclear, I, I I love I love that guy so much. I think the thing about him is that. 
I'm surprised. You know what? I am surprised that he is from Portland because he is like not passive aggressive. You know, I, I don't. Like, I don't he, think he's originally from Portland, though. I think he was from Col- oh. Culver City, California. Okay. Well, and there people you go. would realize way too quickly Wait, you, you that you I know too much. From, you think? <laughs> I think you know uh, yeah. where he's okay. from. So he is from California. Okay, that makes sense. But he lives in Portland now. Uh, he did for a time. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to now. I haven't listened to. Like I was a hugest Everclear fan. I don't know if hugest is the word. The uh, biggest. The biggest. The biggest. I think hugest is the. I think is, he, I think hugest is a word. I'm I'm gonna trust you so. on that. Uh, Were you a big Lee fan of them? Is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I haven't listened to any Everclear since after Songs from American Movie. Like so, man. We're like. When the uh, two of the original members left, I was kind of I was out at that point. But yeah, I think this is the second week in a row we've, yeah, we've mentioned I mean, Everclear on the show. What is <laughs> right? What is what is his name again? Art Alexakis. Okay, he yeah, I like him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think so. Yeah, they don't know what winter is here, and and the thing about it is that yeah, I'm covered. Like I'm on Effexor, everything's good. Um, I um. I think that the key is like, you know, New York is very gray during the winter. The sun comes out, yeah. but it, it gets gray here. But, you know, the, what what people just just get outside, like just all you have to do is just get outside, make sure that you're taking, um, you know, serotonin based medication um, and get a happy light, you know, get the the thing where you sit in front of the light where it's supposed to make you happy. That actually does work. Huh. I, I, haven't, I don't I think mean, I've heard of that. No, I haven't heard it's of like that either. A, I can't remember what it's called. It's some kind of like halogen light. But you, you sit in front of it in the morning. But yeah, I mean, you know, anti. I guess my my, my effector is considered an SNRI, but it's an antidepressant. But basically, antidepressants just make me not care about anything in the best way possible. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like. You know, I'd probably get depressed if I wasn't on medication, but it's irrelevant because I'm on medication. Yeah, I think it was either Effexor or Paxil. One of those two was the one that like really worked for me. And I can't remember that yeah. because it's been, it's been a while, but one of them really did not work for me. <laughs> but one of those really did work for me. And I can't remember well, I mean, which is you know, which. Since we're, right. I, I think since we're the same person, it probably was Effexor. Yeah, prob- you're, you're probably right. I think we have that recorded somewhere where you you were like, oh, this is the one that worked. Yeah, we we might have it somewhere. So, like, what Just kind for your of future reference? What kind of tips could you give to somebody who maybe they have like a a mild or a seasonal depression where they're not really on a medication? Like, what are some like simple things they could do to help them like get through the day or the season? Um, don't stay in your house no matter what the weather's like. Go outside because. Staying in your house during the winter is what depresses people. So that's what people do here in Oregon is no matter what it's like outside, they go outside. Yeah. So. It could be pouring rain. It could be like, you know, drizzling. It could be whatever it is. Go outside. Yeah. That's... Because that's, that is the most important thing for you to do. It doesn't matter if it's gray. It doesn't matter if sun's not out. Go get out of your house. Yeah, that's you know? that's like solid advice because I think like for me like I've always heard like well you go out in the sun that's it, uh, so nope. just just simply just get out of the house period. 
go out that you know like it's like anything winter or not when you stay in your house and you don't see people you're gonna feel depressed you know so don't do that Hmm. and then the other thing is that uh you know because the sun isn't out like make sure you're taking vitamin d you know if if you're um not a vegetarian take fish oil like you need to be doing taking the things that are like supplements that replicate the sun yeah Yeah. i I remember i mean i know this is this not everybody can do this so like definitely get outside definitely take some supplements and stuff My, my wife does that but my wife for the first couple of years of our marriage, she, she got the winter blues really bad. And then one time she, you know, we had my daughter in December and then she had postpartum depression on top of it being January and February. So she kind of got like a double whammy. But I remember one year we, we kind of, we budgeted and we saved up and we went as far South as our money could take us just so we could go somewhere new that we've never been before. And that really just, we got away for five days and that really did help. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that's what, that, I was gonna say that too. That, thank you for um, bringing that up. Which is that if you live in a really really cold place, plan yeah, plan a midwinter trip because yeah. you know, especially in a place like Portland because it's so gray. Like I'm trying to plan to leave here in February to to go visit my friends in Long Beach in California, and then planning something for to go back to New York. Even though it's cold in New York, the sun comes out. You know, so, yeah, definitely, like, break it up, you know, I think, but that's, like, everywhere, you will get depressed if you if you stay in one place for too long, your house, a city, you know, um, Chuck E. Cheese, like, any, any, <laughs> really, any location. Oh, man, you saying Chuck E. Cheese, you remind me, like, uh, my oldest son, his favorite game is Five Nights at Freddy. I don't know if your kids are into that at all. Yeah. Oh, they're like super into that. Oh my gosh. Oliver is a nuts, but he's, he's nuts about it. But every time one of the animatronics comes out to scare him, he turns the game off. So he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't get scared. <laughs> that game, that, That's so funny. That game, I don't get that game, but I, I'm also- Well, the video that we watched on YouTube is not the game, Alex. I tried to show Alex what the game was. And we pulled up a video on YouTube that was just like brutal. It's like a demonic cult yeah. made. <laughs> that was not that was made not like a parody game. of. Well, you know what it is like. My kids don't even like to play those games. They just like to watch other people play them on yeah. YouTube, which is like this phenomenon that all these children are doing now. Um, I feel confused by it because I feel like if we were to, to relate it to our childhood, it would be like watching videos of someone playing Super Mario Brothers, which to me seems really dissatisfying. Yeah, yeah, I want to get those magic mushrooms myself. Yeah, Ada's not yeah. old enough. I'm curious to see how Ada gets into it because my boys are all about YouTubers. They don't watch regular TV at all. No, neither do I. We don't have cable. Yeah, right? neither do we, so, but like, we, we have Netflix. Things, but Right. We we have Netflix and the internet, so all they do is watch YouTube. Yeah, it's it blows my – like kids' YouTube. Well, like the only thing that my daughter does is like she'll – we'll put on – I, I don't want her watching too much TV. We obviously she, we let her watch TV. We're not those parents, but like we let her w- watch TV. But sometimes I'm like, oh, you watch a lot of TV today. Let's do something different. So she really likes to listen to music. So I usually put music on the TV, but then she'll just sit and stare at the album artwork of whatever's playing on the TV. <laughs> Why aren't they moving? Isn't that so weird? I find that so, I find that so weird. Like 
uh, but you know what it, it actually reminds me of? Remember those like old Windows computers where like you'd play the CD and there'd be like the random like swirly visual art. Do you oh yeah, those? yeah. I was like super into that because it would like make designs based based on the like tempo of the music. Yeah. There was one that I think it was called pipes. It made like these little pipes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, what? You know what? Oh like, gosh. why? Why? That needs to come back. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it was like your own little rave, like just a little light exactly. show, just just for you though. Like you're gonna enjoy yeah, this music exactly. and watch some lights. And, right. I felt. I felt like really. I felt like it like made the music so much more exciting. <laughs> I, I don't know if we we asked this question, but maybe maybe we can somehow add this into the show yeah, somewhere. Go but for it. No, what are maybe some of the symptoms? Like, if maybe somebody's maybe stubborn and they don't want to admit that they're kind of going through like a seasonal depression, you know? Because sometimes people are prideful, you know. Like, what are maybe some of the symptoms that that people will experience if they're experiencing a seasonal depression? So they they will not be responsive to the Windows Live show that we just talked about, right? <laughs> like if they if, if they. If, if they if, if, if they were there's been a lot of laughing on this depression I'm, episode. I'm sorry well that's good I, La- laughter's good no but I mean no like I, I'm sorry I just have to perseverate on this for a minute right because yeah. I feel like if I were sad like that would make me so happy right now like right. just to see those like you know God, they really need to bring that back. I think I, I'm I gonna know. I'm gonna make that the image art for this episode. <laughs> it's just gonna be one. Can of you those. please do that? Can you please do that? Oh I'm my gonna gosh. find. You know what? I'm gonna like look on YouTube and find that and like tweet you guys that. Do it. I'm sure somebody, someone has that out there. Somebody yeah. has it. You know what they should do instead of like because uh, it's around the holidays. Well, they have like the the burning fireplace on Netflix. It yeah. should it should just be that like screensaver like thing, <laughs> like those little yeah, laser no, shows. No, it should. But you know what's so disappointing? Like I have um, I have well, I have like the Apple TV, and like the screensaver for the Apple TV is like pictures of like polar bears and weird shit. Yeah, and, like I know exactly just, what like, you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like this is nothing compared to the Windows rave thing. Like this is not. <laughs> You know, like they think that they're like amping it up, right? But this is like they don't even know what time it is. Just give us you know, a laser like, light show. Yeah, we want we missed the laser light show. Like that <laughs> I'm telling you because the the coolest part about it was like it's seriously a lot like you could be playing like 9-inch nails and it was like I know what I'm going to do yeah. to go along with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um so Okay, so symptoms of seasonal depression is that what you we were yeah that was to that was out? that was the 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 general question I guess okay um I mean like I think it's pretty similar to like you know depression regular depression like not wanting to get out of bed or like you know um, not wanting to go do day to day day to day activities um, like wanting to stay in the house is a lot of it like not. Uh, d- sort of um, hey, like you know not showering not taking care of yourself like not hopelessness point you know like not seeing the point in things um, if it gets really bad like feeling suicidal um, so very very like similar overlapping symptoms to regular depression but I think it, it's just that it's it is like during the um, winter month 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm... so that's why I, that's why I, I say like, get outside and also don't be afraid. If you have really severe seasonal affective disorder, like you should get an antidepressant. Yeah. You know, because like that actually has been documented to help. Would you suggest also too, Sarah, since we've, we've talked about Netflix quite a bit so far on this show, is there like the things that we watch on TV? Uh, can those can those add to our season? Like, if you're watching something that's really dramatic and like really de- like kind of like really moody, kind of maybe depressing show, like could that add to the depression that you may be feeling already? Um. Okay, I'm gonna answer that, but before I get to that, I think really like Netflix should pay me for how much I talk about Netflix. <laughs> like, really. You know, like it's it's ridiculous. Like I talk about Netflix so much, they need to send me like a check for a million dollars. Well, they're gonna they're gonna charge you another dollar here, in, I think the next next they, couple months. They're raising prices. They're raising prices to ten ninety nine a month now. Oh, I thought I already thought it was at ten ninety nine. No, it's at nine ninety nine. Oh. That's not that's not cool. No. I, and you know what? I it's, it's it's so weird because like I they keep saying like screen limit of two, you know, whatever screens, but then um, I I have given people my password and like. So, so many people are using my Netflix account. So that, that's not even true. You know? Um, I don't even know. They don't know what's happening. But, uh, yeah, I think... I, I think it's about balance. Like, you know, you could be watching, like, um, Stranger Things or that stupid show that everyone keeps trying to get me to watch, This Is Us. I won't watch it. Um, we love that show. <laughs> uh, they're like, it's so great. It's I so haven't great. watched it at it's all. So, well, the reason... One of the, the families I, is going the through foster parents. Really. Oh. The reason I'm saying um, the reason I'm saying it's stupid is because um, it's not that it's stupid. It's that people are um, want me to watch it because they're like, oh, it'll make you cry. And I'm like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. <laughs> I thought about that. Like, literally, like, that's what bullies want you to do. Bullies want you to cry. So basically, This Is Us is bullying you to make you shed tears. Yeah, no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> that's a great response. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, no, it's it's wrong. Like, y- you need to just go home. You know, like, I, I just feel like I, I already have things in my life that make me cry. Like, I don't need anything else to, like, synthetically make me cry. Mm-hmm. Oh man! You know. So you you said balance. So you gotta you gotta balance you gotta balance things out because sometimes I feel like I'll come home and like it's the winter time and my wife you know my wife works from home so sometimes she has like the TV on while she's working and she's just she's I can tell she's kind of like in a, in a little bit of kind of like down she's down and out and I'm just like well why are you watching such and such a show. Maybe you need to try watching Parks and Recs or something written by Tina Fey. Like, get your spirits back up. Like Unbreakable Kimmy Right, Schmidt. exactly. <laughs> I think, though, I think we... Because I wasn't a huge fan of 30 Rock. I think Shauna and I are Amy Poehler people, and you guys just might be Tina Fey people. Well, I mean, Tina Fey wrote it, but she... Well, she is in it, actually. She's really good in it. <laughs> I love Tina Fey. Mad um, respect for her. I just think I'm an Amy Poehler person. Mm. I, uh, somebody told me today, oh, uh, I'm interviewing this guy soon. He was like, you remind me of Tina Fey. And I was like, that's a great compliment. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I don't know. I remind me of me. 
<laughs> I, I, I think I think that um, I think that it's nice when you people remind you of like it's 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 annoying when people are, are like you remind me of this celebrity and you like don't like that person and you're like thanks uh, no <laughs> you know <laughs> I always feel bad like uh, uh, like like playing in bands and stuff and people are like they play me their their music and be like oh this sounds like so and so and they hate that band it's like like you just accidentally insulted them like oh that sounds like nickelback dang it that's like the worst insult you could tell me well there's like like i love the foo fighters too and there's this band and they i mean they sounded fantastic and some of their riffs reminded me of the foo fighters like you guys sound like the foo fighters and they hated the foo fighters it's like I'm well, stop sounding like I'm him so really, much. really sorry. That's what you sound like, though. Oh man! How can you hate the Foo Fighters? I don't know. That's yeah. just weird. Yes, it is. But I don't even know. I bet you know what? I also have like very eclectic taste in music. By the way, I that I don't like the people, like the therapists that are like. If you ask a therapist, like, oh, what style of therapy do you practice? And they go, I'm eclectic, which means I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> you know? Like, if you ever, like, seriously, if you ever interview a therapist and ask them what style of therapy they, they, they practice and they, they tell you that, um, then do not go see them. Do not. There's some free advice right there. Uh, yeah. Jason, do you yeah. have any more depression questions? Because I was... I was curious if you wanted to get to the next segment. No, I was just, um, I was just wondering your book. If you want to talk a little bit more about it, the depression relief workbook. Um, I saw on there that it, you know it, it could help maybe people identify if they have depression. We've talked a little bit about that, but for for people who just like refuse to go to a therapist, would this book be helpful for them? I think so because it's. Um... It's, I think it'd be helpful for anybody who is, um, you know, dealing with depression because it gives you the tools to help yourself. You know, like, I think um, everything is good, you know, with in conjunction with therapy. Some people just don't, are not into therapy. Yeah. They just don't, you know, like, but I think, um, I wrote something about this recently. I don't think that you should be in therapy for the rest of your life. I think therapy should be about achieving goals and then having your therapist teach you the tools to be able to manage your life by yourself. Because what you don't want is to then become dependent on that person for guidance or blah, blah, blah. Not to say that you can't have like, you know, like brush ups or like check ins or whatever, you know, but the whole point, I, I believe that the best kind of therapy is a skill-based or behavioral therapy where you are learning how to manage um, your life unless, I mean, it's, you know, that's, to me, that's for like anxiety, depression. But if you're, if you have like significant trauma, then that's a different story because yeah. you're going to want to do something else. But I, I, I think no matter what, like it shouldn't be something that's like, for years and years and years. Yeah, I think that like church people would relate to that and and talking with their pastor like oh, good good poll. Like like there's a lot of Bible passages where uh Paul specifically is like are you not ready yet for solid food? Like 
Like we need, well, you should be moving on from this, but we're still working on very elementary things and like not, not to insult people, but I think that goes along with like, with, with what you're saying, like the job of a good pastor is to help people to equip people, to equip people to be, you know, more self-sufficient. Yeah, I think so. Or a spiritual leader. I should open that up, but. Right. I think that, um, I don't know. I mean, self-sufficiency. I I was talking, I was talking about how, um, well, my therapist was like, you need to work on your reassurance seeking. Cause that's the thing with OCD. Like you'll ask somebody a hundred times, like, is this okay? Like, are you mad? Are you mad at me? Or like, uh, that's an anxiety thing too. Or like, yeah. is this safe? Can I, can I eat this? I don't know. How old is it? You know, like, but it, or, or just like, did I lock the door or whatever? Like if you just ask the same question 40 times. Um, and like, you know, my dad does that too, but, um, no matter what you tell him, he'll still ask you the same thing. Yeah. But like, I, I do it also to the point where like, you know, um, my, um, my friend, I was, I was, I was bugging out about like, should I take Ativan because I was really anxious and I don't like taking benzos because they, they're so addictive. Um, <clears throat> like Xanax or blah, 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 like that stuff. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't and like Xanax so, at all. I've never taken Xanax actually, but I have taken Clonopin and Ativan and I like Ativan, but it's, it's got a time and a place. I didn't mean, like, I don't mean to derail you, but like my my family doctor gave me Xanax, like not a psychologist, you know, uh, not a psychiatrist. My family doctor gave me Xanax with the instruction to crush it up and put it under my tongue. So it would get into my bloodstream quicker. Mm-hmm. And that messed me up bad. Like, cause I didn't know what it was and I didn't know what to expect. So I didn't know any side effects or anything or what it did. He just said, here, take this, you know, like, and that, yeah. that, no, that, that I mean, scared the crap out of me more than anything. It's scary. I, I I think Ativan is really nice because it's like it it just like takes the edge off and it's not like hardcore. Like Xanax is hardcore, you know. It is fucking hardcore. Like Ativan, will, you'll you'll be having a panic attack and Ativan will be like, oh no, everything's fine. I feel normal, you know. And and then you can go function or you know and still drive a car or like make dinner. You know, yeah. but Xanax, you'll be like fucking on your ass, like yeah. knocked out. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a tranquilizer. Like, yeah, like I, really I was like... completely paralyzed on top of a panic attack. And I, you know, it was like a double down. Like, I thought I, I was I, dying. Xanax, like, no, Xanax is, is a terrible drug. I yeah. think. I mean, I, and, and I used to see people that would come into residential treatment when I worked there that were addicted to Xanax. And I'm oh like, my gosh. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you because I, like, I would, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, no, I get it. Like, it is addictive because it's chemically addictive. And I did sort of have that reaction to Ativan, which is why I was like, I need to get the fuck off this drug because yeah. I'm not going to be addicted to anything. But the, that's how I knew that I wasn't bipolar because I kept, the only thing that was working for me was Ativan, which is, you know, for panic. And so I was like, well, obviously, then my anxiety is out of control if that's the only drug that's working right now, you know? And so um, that and that led me down the trail of like, okay, something is wrong that's anxiety related. And then I finally got diagnosed with OCD. But anyway, back to the whole OCD thing. 
So reassurance seeking, like I was asking my friend, I don't know, should I take the Ativan? I it's addictive. I'm not sure. And then and then he finally like freaked out and was like, Sarah, you have a prescription bottle that says Sarah Fader, take one a day as needed. Why are you freaking out? <laughs> and and I was like, okay. And then and then um, but that's the whole reassurance seeking. Yeah. So I guess. The whole point that I was trying to make is the whole self-sufficiency thing is like, yeah, that's the goal, right? The goal is to be like self-sufficient, be able to like manage your shit. But at the same time, we all have insecurities and vulnerabilities and yeah. we all look to people for reassurance for certain things because that's the nature of being human. You're not going to be confident all the time and self-sufficient. Like if we were self-sufficient, we'd live on islands by ourselves. Like, I don't think that that's realistic. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You know? Spoken by a true professional, which we are not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the show I, is I, called I, what I'm it is. A, um, I'm a professional asshole. <laughs> well, there's one thing that you are really good at, Sarah. And it, we we did an episode with you a few months ago, and it, it was really successful. And we had a lot of fun. And I, we kind of wanted to bring it back just briefly to kind of wrap up the show. But dream interpretations... Yes, we got a ton of great feedback from that episode, and you you nailed you nailed us like, like so good with all of our dreams, and so we thought we could end the show with uh, Jason and I sharing uh, a dream, one dream each. You got time to interpret interpret a couple of dreams before we before we uh, say goodbye. Yeah, another thing we should do like another time is like um, I should do tarot readings for you guys. <laughs> oh. I'm a little weird about tarot, to be honest. Oh no, but I don't do like the scary ones. Like the my deck. You take the like, death card out. <laughs> no, I don't. That's what I was going to say. My my deck is not a traditional deck. It's like it's an intuitive deck. So the cards are like success. Um, you know, uh, you know, like they 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 are very literal. So basically, it it's it's guiding you with regard to like what you're thinking and feeling and what would make sense in this situation. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of it that way. I'm yeah, nor, nor have I, but yeah. So I think we should try it next time because <laughs> if you, if you talk to, if you talk to my people on Twitter, um, I've, I've read tarot for many of them and they've all, they've all been like blown away. Oh, <sighs> Yes, there's just so many bad connotations for for f that I've heard over the years. So there, so I'm sorry if I seem a little hesitant to 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 say yes to it. I don't listen. I I I don't let just like anybody read tarot for me. And I um I think it has. I think it, it's got a good purpose. Like the, like the way that I do it is kind of like life coaching. Yeah. That that I mean that sounds safer. Like I think the way Alex and I were taught about tarot come, growing up in Christian environment was like don't touch it with a ten foot pole. Like, no, it's it's not like that. I, I I would say more like it's an intuitive reading. Like it's basically that. The reason I brought it up is that it's very similar to what I do with dreams. So I think I think that you know one of you. I I feel like Jason it would be the braver one at this point. I don't um, know. <laughs> and then. And so, like, we should just do one on Jason next time, and then, and then, um, we will diverginize your taroness. <laughs> All right, Alex, you got a dream? Yeah. All right. So, do you need? Okay, 
Do I do I need to give you any information about me again to help better us? No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, so this dream has happened at least at two or three times, or it's it's the same kind of basic concept of the dream, but it's always happening in different locations. I basically the whole dream is me driving from different parties around a city or around a town or something. And at every, every, every place that I go, I end up at these parties and it's always like, it's, it's a group of like, it's like, almost seems like everybody in my high school class is there. And like, I'll go to, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. Let me go to another party. And then I go to another party and it's like around a pool instead of like in somebody's basement and it, everybody's there again. And then I'll go to somewhere else like and then it's like a different party again but it's at like a bonfire so i keep going to all these different parties and it's like basically the same group of like my my high school class is there all the time i can't get away from them hmm. and sometimes i have a sidekick and sometimes i don't okay i need you to repeat it one more time okay so <laughs> And then I'll leave again and I'll go somewhere else. And this this dream has happened to me like two or three times. So like it, it's repeated a couple times. So I'm wondering if there's any sort of significance in the fact that it's repeating. The people from high school are friends of yours or people that like, who are they? Uh, there, there were some of them were like close friends. Some of them were like my good friends, but the, I don't really see them much anymore. So I, I, to be quite honest, I don't think I've I don't really talk to anybody from my high school class anymore. Just because we we all went different ways. And were, were there any people from high school that you like didn't get along with, or there was like friction with? But it was it's all friends. Uh, I mean, you obviously have like your conflict with certain people in high school, but I don't remember there being anyone particular. I'm like, oh crap, they're here. I have to leave. I would just. It was almost like I just get You're bored. Just having a good time, but... and then I, and then I kind of like ah, I'm ready to go to the next thing, and then. I go on to the next thing. And all the same people are at that party. Yeah. I think that, um, okay. Yeah. Well, it seems, it seems like there's like a, some regret in this dream. Like you, um, are missing that the part of yourself that like the part, like the part of your like that part of yourself, that teenage self, like you feel like a loss of sense of self in a way. Hmm. Like you, um, like who you were in high school and what you wanted is different than than who who you are and what you want now. But you want to get back to like what you actually really, really want to do in life. And you're having sort of not a midlife crisis, but like you're trying to like identify who you are now. Jason's laughing. I'm, I'm laughing because that's how that's uh, man. That sounds like Alex. Like, <laughs> what am I doing with my For life? What, what I know of your past and what you've told me about, you know, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel. I feel like you're kind of like Sarah Vader reads I, you like a book. Well, that that's why I wanted to do the tarot reading for you because that would clarify that. I uh, uh, I don't know. I'm so scared. Oh, stop being a pussy. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, Jason, what's your dream? No, so, I, man, I don't remember a whole lot of my dreams over the last several months, which is pretty crazy. But a couple of weeks ago, and I told you about this, Alex, like, uh, I was going, I, it, was, it's, it was weird. So we were playing a game, and there was four people per side, and we're all armed with, with, oh, yeah. with guns. Which I don't shoot guns, but so that's kind of weird in itself. But Alex had his group of friends, and Alex was in the dream, and then I had my group of friends, some of them from high school. And the game was um, this particular game was centered around the movie Happy Gilmore. So each each person from each team took one character from the movie, and there was good characters and there was bad characters. Like Alex, you were Billy Madison. Yeah, and um, you know. Uh, I think Chris was there and he was Chubbs, <laughs> so, which is kind of funny itself. But um, I was uh, I was on the bad side, and so all the people on the bad side was uh, you know uh, a character in the movie who was um, like Shooter McGavin or something. Have you seen Happy Gilmore, Sarah? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so, so what would happen is, is you, you'd square off with, with the opposing character and you still with us? Yep. Okay. So you'd, you'd square off with like the opposing character and you would have to say a movie quote. And if you like, based on the characters, two interactions with each other in the movie. And if you got the... If you got the movie quote wrong, then you got shot and killed and you were just done with. But it wasn't like scary. It was just like, oh, game over. And that was pretty much the end of the dream. Okay. Can you start? Can you go back to the beginning for a second and repeat the beginning? Um, so it was. Would be shot and killed. Every, everybody in the game was carrying guns. Okay. I think. Um, and and so Alex and you were on opposing teams. Yeah. So did he get like? Did anybody die? Did he get? A, did anybody get a line wrong? Uh, yeah, I was the first one to go on, and I, I, I died, and then I was out of the game. <laughs> so it was game over. It wasn't, like, scary or anything. It was actually a lot of fun, but... Uh, like, what happened after... Like, so you so you actually died, like, really died? Um, I don't remember. I don't think I really died. I think it was just like, oh, that's, that's over. You're just out of the game now. Yeah, but I woke up shortly so- after... Okay, so but you didn't actually like so when you say you died, you just like di- like quote like when you die in Nintendo, like kind of like that. Yeah, that yeah. Like it wasn't like you actually like physically were deceased. No, I mean I don't remember. I got shot, so I don't remember anything after that. Oh yeah, I know how that like that happens in dreams, right? Um, it it didn't hurt. I wasn't scared. It wasn't anything like that. We were playing a fun game. It's just yeah, like die in Nintendo. That's pretty probably pretty accurate. I feel well. I feel, and and it was fun though. Like it wasn't like a uh, like when you died, you were like, oh well, or you were upset. 
I wasn't really upset. I woke up thinking, well, that was a fun dream. I should make a real game out of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like almost like like being on a trivia show. Yeah, it was it, exactly. Okay, so to me, that dream says that you're bored right now, and um, you you know, like you're you're wanting to have some kind of like you want something that stimulate simulates your brain, and it seems like you're. There's some level of anxiety because I feel like you're stressed out from like, like the the mundane the <clears throat> like the banality or mundane nature of life, and so your brain is creating scenarios like that's why you have that dream in, in which you can stimulate your 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 brain is stimulated because you're incredibly bored right now. Yeah, well, I did tell Jess the other day that I wanted to sell everything and start a band and tour the country. So. <laughs> That, yeah. That just take your kids with you. <laughs> yeah, just take our kids with us and just you know, go. Yeah, like I, I, that's what it. That's what it says to me. Like I, I feel like that's because it's like you know that dream is like utilizing your creativity, you know. So probably you you feel like your creativity is stagnated right now. The fact that I appear in the dream does that mean I'm boring? You were no, on the, like, you were on the bad side, but no, I thought I was on no, the good side. The, no. Oh, no, no yeah, that, you were on the good side. Sorry. No, but that that actually makes sense because you brought somebody into your dream who's your creative partner. Aw. <laughs> I feel like we should hold hands. <laughs> do, you, do, you know, do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, you're, you're like, this person represents creativity to me, so they're there with me because I want to be creative. Yeah, and our group of friends on either side were creative people. Yeah. So that so now you need to think about what other things you can do to like satisfy the need to be creative. Uh, you got to get creative, Jason. Yeah, I'd really need to start a band. Maybe you should buy one of those Crayola art sets and just go to town. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss uh, like I'm going to piss everyone off. Okay, like I'm gonna make everyone angry right now. Okay, um, okay. not you, not you guys, but like anyone who listens to this. Okay. I hate those adult coloring books. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's she going to say? What is it? And it's adult coloring books. No, like, you know what? Get over yourself. Because... <laughs> you know what i mean like like you can't like draw a circle and color it in like you're a grown adult yeah come on you went to fucking kindergarten you know like this is really like out of control this whole this whole movement and then what upsets me is that people use them and they're like i created art no you fucking didn't (laughs) you know no you did not it, I think it's like really demeaning to people that actually can draw. It's really like the commercialization of it too. Like it makes me like it makes me furious. <laughs> like it really does. Like I, I, well, I know what you're getting for Christmas from us. I know. Just send it over here. Send it over. And then like, you can take a picture of yourself burning it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I will. But you know what I will do? You know what I what I will do is I will buy those fuckers for my kids. But I'm not going to. I will not use them myself. Oliver loves them. 
Yeah. He feels the like an adult. Thing, yeah, because, because the, like, let's face it, right? Like, the adult coloring books are, are, are like, way cooler for kids because they're like, this is awesome. Yeah. Right? They are pretty intricate, but, the like, ones I've seen. Yeah, they're, but that's, but the, the kids coloring books are just, like, really, like, my kids are just like, no, like, they don't like them, you know? Gosh. <laughs> uh, is there anything else, Jason? Or... No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Sarah, where is the best place for people to get a hold of you so they can hear more about what you're doing and uh, just all, all the stuff that, um, that your life is? Um, well, you can always fly out to Portland and meet me for coffee. Um, Are there coffee shops in Portland? What? Many. many. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I know. There's, there's many of them. Um, you know, or we can smoke weed while walking down the street. It's legal here. <laughs> Um, although for some reason for some reason it is not okay to smoke pot in my apartment complex and I'm like do you know what state we're in come on (laughs) stupid Um, so yeah uh, the best place to find me is is on Twitter because um, it's such a fun environment so at the Sarah Fader awesome I've been trying. I've been trying to get Twitter, by the way, to change my handle to just at Sarah Vader, but they will not do it. And, and this person who has Sarah Vader. Sarah Fader, everybody. Third time guest on this show. Yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah. She'll be back for sure. She's just (laughs) a fun person. I know, like, I have to edit down the interviews and time and everything, but we really get to hang out. Like, that's probably the best part. And she's just a fun person. She tells us all. We have have other questions that we don't include because they're kind of more personal, but, like, it's just fun to, like... To know that Sarah is just open to answer any of our questions. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of like what we're going to be doing on Facebook Live, Jason. Oh, what a segue, Alex. So just so you guys know, we have our Facebook Live episode coming up on December 18th at 8 p.m. What we need you guys to do is we we need you guys to send us some questions on our social media accounts. And we'll like like Sarah Fader would do for us, we'll do for you. We'll answer any question that you have. Yeah. Any question, like when I when I say that, I look deeply into Jason's eyes. Yeah, you eyes. do, dude. And I, I pause. I'm like a deer in headlights right now because the the eye contact is so intense. But that's exactly what we'll do. So make sure you guys send <laughs> us those questions. Anything. Well, make sure you guys send us those questions, and we'll try and answer them to the best Alex of our ability. Answer. And we'll we'll just have some fun. We'll yeah. think of it as like the uh, not your pastor's podcast. Christmas party. We we're going to call it that. Yeah, we're going to make an event page for it too. Just uh, you know, reminders. Yeah, absolutely. Cuz so, 8, 8 o'clock December Monday. Yeah. 18th. Yep. I said all those things out of order on purpose because yeah. I want you to um deconstruct <laughs> them for you so you can put those details back together in the right order. Kind of like a and puzzle. Watch us. Yeah. Anyway, Jason, 
I had a great time with Sarah. And what was the name of her book again? Oh, the Depression Relief Workbook, and it is available January 9th on Amazon. Or where other fine books are sold? Absolutely. Uh, any any big takeaways for you from the Sarah Fader episode? Uh, you know what? The get outside. Yeah. Like that's a big one, and like not just like in the sun. I always like joke with people at work, like because we're inside in an office in a cubicle all day long, and it might be like a super nice day out. We should just have this day off work. It should just be like any day in November or December that's above forty five and sunny with no wind. It should just be a day off, <laughs> like it it should. Because right now, I mean, I'm getting up for work and it's dark, and I'm coming home and it's dark. Yeah. It just, uh, just it's nighttime at both both ends of the workday. Those are really depressing days. Yeah, and like, can you imagine if you had seasonal depression on top of that, or you had depression on top of that? Like, right? And you just feel like all I do is this. I think and there's there's yeah. no me time, or you know. Yeah, I think tied along with that, which she kind of said, like, go see other people. Like, don't just stay yeah. in all day. And do, like, I can tell. Like, so real talk, right? Sometimes. People that are going to get married, I always I always have these like little quips where I talk about like, hey, ma- people soon to be married, like here's some little advice. You will get annoyed with your spouse from time to time. As much as you love them, as much as you you want to be with them all the time, you, you do kind of get on each other's nerves. And that's a sign that you need to just get out and just hang out with other people or bring other people in, you know? So. Yeah. No, I thought that I thought that was pretty cool just to get out even at nighttime, even in the cold, even in the rain, like... Just getting out of your house absolutely makes a huge difference. So anyway, Jason, that was my big takeaway. So, so feedback though, yes, yeah, we got people s- have some takeaways from our other episodes. Yeah. Um, so Brian Hauser on Twitter, he said, "I also just listened to Hillary McBride on Not Your Pastor's podcast. So funny, articulate, and wise. She has a new book out on body image. Haven't read it yet, but if it's anything like her interviews, it's very good." And Alex, I will tell you that I have started reading her book. It came in um, three chapters in. Nice. I'm a slow reader. It's an amazing book. Not as slow book. as me, but good. And it's not it's like uh, it's not just for women. Yeah. I know that's what's on the title, but the, I mean, well, you, you you've listened to the interviews. You see how wise she is. Like there is a lot of great takeaways in there. Absolutely. Highly recommend. Um, on Facebook. So I, I released this article today. Well, yeah. today's Monday. This episode will be out on on Friday, whatever date that happens to be on the calendar. Um, and I wrote an article based off our our episode that we did with your band, Bringing Down Broadway. Yeah, it was super fun. Can Christians play metal? That was the name. And yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what the article says. Yes. Um, I was really scared when I saw that title of your article. I was like, oh, what if he says no? Oh, you what think I, I was do, like... What do I What do I do with my life? Yeah, I'm going to pull a fast <laughs> one. Uh, you need repentance, Alex. <laughs> because, um, you know, the Metal. devil is knocking at your door. But, no. Um, yeah, so this guy, Josh, he replied to the article and he says... I got told I was going to hell all the time when I was touring in metal bands and being a Christian. <laughs> I'm like, how brutal is that, dude? Like, I never. Got, have you ever, have you ever experienced that or know I of it? I never got told that I was going to hell. Uh, I I got to, I was told that our music didn't make sense. 
to as far as like they, they didn't understand how this was like furthering the kingdom yeah and so that's we got some of that and so but then when they actually finally like came to our shows and like we played like listened to the lyrics of our songs and it wasn't so much the show as what happened after the show and like the connections that we made and yeah. being able to talk with people and pray with people afterwards like and then that was kind of like the light bulb moment like oh okay so this this is more than just playing shows this actually can be some type of ministry but just to view it from a distance and cast him to hell like like that's rough I, I I make it I don't make it a point in my life to tell people that they're going to hell. So no. would it would have just whatever and just like hey it's, that's not up to me that's not on me. No, I yeah to wish hell on anybody for anything is is rough. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. But but yeah, metal and going then no no you're good. Josh, you're good, man. Yeah, you're good. I'm, you're good, Alex. Thank you. You're Thank good. you. I was really worried there for a second. I give you a little uh, gospel assurance. I appreciate salvation. that. It uh, is well. Pers- perseverance of the saints. With your soul. Yes, it is. It's my favorite hymn. Anyway, what else, Jason? What else do we got? Uh, that's it for feedback today. I'm not going to make it too long. This episode's already long. So, so can I can I say something about our feedback? Uh, we, we, we have these things, you know, we, we, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google play, we're on all these different apps. But the one that really stands out is the Apple iTunes app. And one of the ways that people see our show more and we reach out to more listeners is if you leave a five-star review. Yes. And so we really need some five-star reviews. The last one that we got was, I think we got one at the beginning of... I think we got one at the beginning of November, but they didn't. But nobody left a comment. It was oh. just a five star, which is great. That helps us. Yes. If you want to do that, that's fine. Please do that. But if you want to leave a five star review with a comment alongside of it, Jason and I will read it on the show, and we usually have a lot of fun with those. Yeah, I don't know how to check the Canadian ones. I wish you. I wish we knew how. We'll, yeah. we'll have to Google it. We'll have to figure something out. We'll we'll YouTube it because we we. I mean, we've had some great Canadian guests on Hillary McBride and Dan Taylor. And, yes, and we're close to Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just right over there. <laughs> it's right across the lake, eh? Yeah, eh. <laughs> we can skate to it soon, eh? Uh, and not your pastor's pulpit too. The, yeah, the part your... of our show, I, I'm, I'm, we're banking some. We've got some amazing ones in. And I'm going to be releasing those probably at the beginning of the year. But yeah. if you want to be a part of our show and share your... Um, your Jesus story, your, your Jesus sermon. story, our, in Christian circles, your testimony. What does Jesus mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's our invite for you to come on our show. Our pulpit, this podcast, is yours. Absolutely. And, and we give it to you. And take advantage of that and share with others. Absolutely. So, Jason, um, I don't know if you saw. So, we're like we said before, we recorded this on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the embarrassing loss by the Detroit Red Wings mm. to the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, Montreal's got a really good team. I think. No, Montreal sucks. That's the problem. What they do, I their feel team like they're is not good. doing good. They they've had a little turnaround. Carey Price, you know, is back and is on his game. But before that, Montreal was tanking. Really? And they just destroyed us. 10 to 1. We lost 10 to 1. 10 to 1. There's that that scene. You know what I did? What? Okay. uh, A podcast I like, the Vox podcast with Mike Ayer and Andy Laura, Mm -hmm. who happens to be a big, huge Anaheim Mighty Ducks fan. Well, it just so happened that 
um, in my fifth season of franchise mode in NHL 2017. Um, I have now won the cup five times in a row. Um, to feel better about myself, I just happened to be playing against the Mighty Ducks in the Stanley Cup final nice. on Saturday and um, sent Andy Lore, a big Ducks fan, a picture of us hoisting the cup with the Ducks logo in the background because it was at their stadium. You know, nice. Complete the sweep. And then we lost 10 to 1. Yeah. So, yeah, real life sucks. But uh, let me tell you, franchise mode on a relatively easy setting um, is curing all my hockey ales at the moment. So what is the one thing, Jason, that you'd like to tell Peter Morazic, Jimmy Howard, basically every person on the Detroit Red Wings, what is the one thing you want to tell them right now if you if you could speak directly to each member of that hockey team? Yeah, um, just – Stop denying trade requests and leave. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we do need a goalie. Um, <laughs> seriously, they got to make a change. Somebody's got to go. And it's got to be more than Scott Wilson, a fourth line. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. I keep up with the, I keep up with the news. They need to keep their stick on the ice. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> 